Design Tangents is presented by Genesis, which offers the pinnacle of quality and luxurious comfort. Genesis cars embody both elegance and power with audacious design and groundbreaking technology. From first glance through ownership, your experience will be nothing less than exceptional. Learn more at genesis.com. My name is Luke Donkerwald. I'm the designer of the, the brands of the Hyundai Model Group. I'm Chief Creative Officer for Genesis. My name is Sang Yip Lee, head of uh, Hyundai and Genesis Design. I've been a car designer almost 30 years, and it has been wonderful. Welcome to Design Tangents, a podcast that goes behind the scenes with creative change makers to learn about their work, inspiration, challenges, and philosophies. I'm Evan Ornston. And I'm Josh Rubin. We're the founders of Cool Hunting. We've been in Seoul for a few weeks now. It's our first time in Korea, and we're definitely loving it here. There has been so much innovation in tech and fashion and film and music and beauty in a relatively short amount of time. And it's been quite fascinating to dig into how that's all happened and where it's going. Korean automotive is a huge part of that evolution that's happening here in Korea and in Seoul. And honestly, Josh and I believe that Genesis is really leading that and bringing Korean design to the map and to the world in a way that's, that's really exciting to observe. We're really grateful to be here today with two people we've known for a long time, Luke Dunkerwalk and Sang Yup Lee, who are leading design at Genesis. We've known these two for more than 10 years. They've known each other for closer to 20 years. And I haven't, I feel quite privileged to have witnessed their journey. It, it, it feels like a moment right now where they're flexing to their fullest potential as designers with the work that they've been doing at Genesis. And that's not just our opinion. Really, the automotive world agrees. Genesis has won some pretty spectacular awards for the cars behind the scenes for many, many years. And there's another award called the World Car Person of the Year, which can really go to anyone in the automotive world. And uh, Luke and Sangyup, you had that honor it's pretty incredible that two people at any one company would have that back-to-back. It's impressive. People are paying attention. You're fine-tuning vehicles coming to the market in the next year or two, and you're designing vehicles for three or more years out. It's a huge industry that impacts almost everyone on this planet, and yet the number of people who actually design cars is around 1,000 or so. It's not a big number of people who have such an impact. It would be nice to just get a little bit of background. So, Luke, did you always want to be a car designer? Actually, yes. Um, although my previous life in Africa and South America were a different environment, but I always dreamt about uh, drawing cars. and never believed I would be able to do it because I was told very early that uh, only Italians get to become car designers. Um, so it was a bit of a, a irony that I ended up uh, designing Lamborghinis at one point. But I think we were both made to be car designers from the very beginning. Saying, yep, how do you feel about that? Is that, is that true? Now, yes. But <laughs> when I was a kid, um, I was born and raised in South Korea. Literally, back in the days, there was no car culture here in Korea. 
and I like the art, I like sketches, I like drawings. So decided to become a, a the fine artist, a sculptor. And I quite enjoyed that and really enjoyed that. But when it closer to graduation of the college, I was getting nervous because I have to ask myself, because normally the artist, in order to become, you're able to sell your artwork, you should go through this uh, period of hungry time in 20s and 30s. And I was not brave enough. So <laughs> instead, I took a backpack trip all over the world in US, Europe, and Japan. And accidentally, I found Art Center College of Design, Car Design School in Pasadena, California. And went to the school, and I saw students actually making a car out of clay. So I was talking to myself, maybe this I can do it. <laughs> so that's how I started. It was a lot of difficult challenges because uh, most of my classmates, they're all car guys. And me, like a Korean guy, doesn't speak English properly. And going over there without no sense of car culture, it was a quite challenge, but at the same time, it was quite fun because you were learning from the very beginning. It was a wonderful journey, almost like 30 years of career, ever since traveling the world, amazing car design together, amazing designer work together. So now I think about it. <laughs> meant to be a car designer from the beginning. <laughs> you just didn't know it. I didn't know it. <laughs> did you ever work in clay? I did a lot of human figures and also the uh, uh, kind of abstract sculpture. Obviously, after clay work, we always do the metal cast and do the bronze or something else. People may not know that clay is still used in auto design. Right. Um, maybe not entirely through the whole process as it used to be, um, but it's still a big part of the design process. And that's augmented by all the really exciting technology that you're also able to use in designing cars. True. And it's a car is emotional product. And we do a digital like start to finish. But there's a certain point you need to have a hand touch. Like it, it, it could be like a 0.5 millimeter, but it gives you different feels to it. And this is why the touch of the clay is very important sometimes. And, and literally looking at the clay, because you build full, you build smaller clay models, but you also build full-size clay models. And you Absolutely. look at them, you yeah. them inside and outside, turn lights on, turn lights off, right? You're touching them, you're looking at them mm -hmm. to really understand how it sits. Right. And the balance, obviously, the big picture to the small. In, uh, normally, at the, uh, the beginning of the process, we do a lot of clay, but at the end of it, uh, when we do the validation and the digital data, we always use the clay. Obviously, all the details uh, at that stage, we actually make the hard model process afterwards. It's also the fact that when you switch off your screen, your digital model is gone, your virtual model is gone, but the physical object is always there. So you can pass five, six, seven times on the way to meetings in front of the model, and your brain always memorizes something. And at the end of the day, you know that something is wrong with the model. You have this alert in you, this kind of vibration in your, in your eye that tells you you have to change something. This is the great thing about having a physical object. So this is why we will always have physical objects, even if we go fully virtual in the creation of the, of the, of the shapes and the volumes. Clay is happening faster maybe than it used to, mm -hmm. and the design process is kind of changing around the technology, but still 
ensuring that clay is part of that process for all the reasons you just said. Yes. And it's also because you need a, a human relation. In the, in the end, this product is, is made for for users. So we need this interaction already in the development of the car, the vehicle as well, from the very beginning. It's a very uh, important part because uh, many tools you have, you have a better opportunity to better research you can get out of it. Obviously, don't get me wrong, they were fully digital process with the virtual reality and all the digital screen. And then we are actually moving the uh, 3D model in the digital world all the time. But when you always concentrated on one tool, sometimes you get missed out something. So when you actually switch to this way versus the other way, then you actually want to see uh, you see the different perspective out of it. Design is a very delicate work. So sometimes depending on what type of pen you sketch, the result varies. Color pencil or, or like a ballpoint pen and a pencil Somehow the fields are quite different. Yeah, each tool we use changes changes almost the register forms and 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 volumes we do. Um, and uh, interesting enough is we we are just uh, getting a new tool in our palette of of, of tools is the AI, and it, this it is influencing as well. It's on it's only going to be a tool because in the end you have to steer it, but um, it's again. One of the tools which is going to influence the way we we create. The two of you have worked together on many things over many years across different companies. As collaborators, was there immediately a creative spark? Did you did you immediately find your rhythm? And you know how has how has that kind of teamwork changed or evolved? I think so. I mean. Um, you might it's not bad to begin with, to be honest, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I think I think we always had this kind of a process of bouncing ideas back and forth. So there is no there is no boss between ourselves. We are eye to eye, and there's we are designers. And basically, when when I share an idea, uh, I know that it's going to be the start of a creative exchange where Senyup is going to tell me, "Yeah, but if we do that, maybe maybe we should do this." And and basically. Um, the, the end result is much further than what actually we, we believe we, the first idea we had due to this bouncing back and forth together. And this is what makes us very strong. And when we talk about design, I already see Luke's head. There are certain shape and certain form is in his head. <laughs> and I see that through his forehead, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, okay, and he's really great in that sense. And I take it. And afterwards, I question to myself, this is what he thinks. I totally understand what it is. Is this good enough? Then I always do the uh, second thought afterwards, based upon this. Sometimes uh, contradicting, sometimes actually variations in many different directions. I will show that to look afterwards and look, take it. And then he does the same thing and pass it back to me. So this is actually our creative force is very strong. Normally, you don't find this in design industry. And I really, really enjoy uh, uh, this, our challenging spirit. It's actually, Luke is quite good because a lot of designers, as you know, they're quite egoistic. Yes. But he's not working that way. Uh, for most of cases, he actually prefers that I offer 
over what he offered from the beginning, which is always fantastic. And always there is a, a too common thing personality-wise. Uh, Luke likes to challenge, me too. And uh, I'm a driver maker, and he is as well. Yeah, we we are creating quite a lot of trouble. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, but you know the the great thing is sometimes you have to protect your team members from your ideas, and this doesn't happen between Sangyup and myself. You, we, I know that Sangyup is going to say, "Well, forget about that." That's or or he's going to take that idea and and make it evolve. So it's something that we we have a a really honest and uh, unfiltered and filtered mm-hmm. uh, relation. So where we basically, um, I know that I can tell him about a real stupid idea and uh, on the other hand uh, you know that um, some people will never be as receptive to your to your ideas or sometimes it's it's just it's really the spark of of something and uh, and we have this exchange that allows us to 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 create out of some input something something great luke is my boss but he's much more than that He's a, a designer I uh, respect. He's also my mentor, and he's my friend. He's my family. So this is really, really great on a manner because uh, we are designer, and even though we are actually in head of head position, we're not politicians. We always challenge with each other to create a best design, which actually uh, create a value to customer. The story to customers. Well, that, that's that's also an important point. I never wanted to be a boss, and uh, we are designers. And I always say that actually, I design for free, and Sangup is exactly the same. We would actually pay to design. Mm-hmm. Um, I only accept my income as a compensation for the hours I spend in the meetings. Uh, that I get paid for. <laughs> the rest and we spend a lot of hours doing that. Don't again. The meeting. Are there elements of designing here that are distinctly Korean? Right, we, we've, we're, we'll talk about um, the output of design and and what you've brought to Genesis cars that are distinctly Korean. But behind the scenes, are there elements of the process that are that are distinctly Korean, um, or is is it more uh, spiritual? Yeah, the, the kind of the, the 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 process that you've created as collaborators. I think the first thing that struck me as a non-Korean arriving in Korea, having gone through a lot of different companies where it takes time for people to accept your ideas and to get to find a way to to communicate and to have your ideas processed and executed. That doesn't happen in Korea. People are eager to get your input. Um, you know, in a lot of companies, when you start working, you, you have the feeling after two, three days that you should not disturb too much the organization. This is not the case in Korea. People are just willing to, and this from the first day, you arrive, you have a new team of people, and, uh, and then the, they are just waiting for you. And you have to be careful because you cannot think out loud. Because people will take your your inputs and execute them immediately. They will come back the next day with a result, and they will say, well, "What is this?" I say, "Well, you you asked me to do it." Say, "No, I was just thinking out loud. It's done. The next day, it's done. People run to execute, and this is this is something which is for us extremely motivating. We want things to do to be done, and um, we don't have 
because the, the problem is if you have to wait too long, you have new ideas and the old idea is not good anymore. Um, so the fact that things get done immediately is, 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 is something that you will never find anywhere else. This is, that was my first impression of, of working in Korea. And this is not said lightly. You've lived in whatever, more than a dozen countries you've visited, dozens more than that. You've seen how people work and operate. And yet this really struck you as being something unique. And exactly. And the first thing you have to understand is how people function, the mentality, the way they, they, they think, so that you can try to communicate in the language. I'm not talking about the, uh, the pure language, but in, in using the right words to motivate people to understand your, your inputs. Um, and um, that process is quite long. In some cultures, in Korea, even if there was a, a language barrier, communication filter, um, people just want to 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 receive something. And this this is that struck me from the very beginning that you cannot slow down this country. It's a very dynamic. Um, yet there is a calm. Yes, always exist together. It's almost like a country of duality. I mean you travels in the city quite a bit. There's a digital versus analog. There is a old tradition versus very high tech. And you get like a duality everywhere in the whole city, which is actually quite unique part of the culture. And Luke mentioned this uh, commitment to deliver uh, the mission is so strong in that sense. And but they really like to enjoy, and this is why culture, a lot of cultural stuff was developed. But if you think about it, Korea has to born out of ash, literally flat after Korean War, 1950. So it has been 70 years that Korea has to reborn again. And this is a fast pace, really what makes country very dynamic, at the same time, very diverse. I tell you, when I left Korea, uh, that was 1993. Country, it changed so much. And 26 years after I came back, I, I live in a different country. It was actually a developing country. There's not much culture going on, but it, within the 26 years, country has changed like a left to the right, upside down. And it's still changing, right? It's That's still changing. changing. And and sometimes we were joking to, I was joking to Luke that he went back to Germany, come back in two weeks. Hey, Luke, country has changed. <laughs> That's how we joke around. It takes a long time to design and make a car and bring it out to the market. Everything we're seeing today is stuff that you've had your kind of hands on, you and your team. You have really been brought to life from scratch. And you kind of now are able to see the full vision, um, at least the vision you had five years ago, <laughs> of where all of this is, is at and how it all comes together and how it all presents itself. And we know, obviously, that you're working on lots of things that are coming out next year and five years from now. So you're, where you've started was just the beginning of that. And now you're much further along. Before designing products, you design the team. Then you design the process. Then you create a DNA, and then you start applying it. 
So in the meantime, everything you do is reacting and fine-tuning, optimizing, trying to correct things that you see that you would have done differently because you have to adopt those, those products already as if they were done by you. Um, so it takes time to get, let's say, the first generation of cars with your DNA um, because I think it would be a mistake to start immediately designing the product. We had to take patience to get the right people. It's a process and, and uh, it is a great phase because you are constructing the foundations of what you will be doing later. It requires a vision. And at the same time, you have the whole, the whole company that is, is there waiting and say, end, end, end. <laughs> uh, so, so you have to try to calm everybody down. Uh, because again, uh, to create a new brand like Genesis was the fact of us brainstorming. We have a, a tradition that we tend to draw a lot in the lounges, in the planes uh, together and bouncing ideas back and forth. So sometimes to get out of the office and to sketch on a romantically a, a napkin or a piece of paper is or, or, or the iPad um, is is something that brings us more than than being um, in a big process in a big meeting room in a big uh, um, let's say get together with our designers and then we bring those those ideas back to our designers and we say okay let's 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 take this as a start there's so much fun sketch competition hey <laughs> yeah and I like that <laughs> so of course, it's very easy for us to make the leap to the design language of the Genesis with the two lines, and that as an expression of this Korean duality, perhaps. Can you think back to the moment of landing on the two lines as one of the core elements of Genesis design? It was a quite fun journey, and when we started the company, and we always toss idea back and forth about uh, Genesis Identifier as a luxury brand. At the time, obviously, a lot of people around us, outside of design, started asking, how are you going to differentiate Hyundai and Genesis? But Hyundai is a volume brand. Genesis is a luxury brand, different path. And it's not about differentiation. It's about how to create value for the brand. The identifier is something we can carry on for the long, long time, like a Coca-Cola bottle. So in the beginning, instead of putting the, all the design together, we're actually people outside asking, so what luxury brand Genesis should be? And what type of luxury are we talking? In the meantime, we've been actually discussed quite deeply every day. What is the Genesis identifier? What level of the design that we have to deliver? One makes the design timeless because the timeless equals luxury design. The lamp character is becoming more important in the car design. There used to be all the it's a truly functional part. There's only a few suppliers make the lens. So that's why all the round headlamp is more likely not many suppliers back in the days. So you use that for British car and Italian car. If you take a look at it, there's the same part. But Lamp become very important signature for the brand as it gets high tech and as it gets um, the EV. Obviously, you don't need a traditional grill shape. So we actually talk about lamp character quite a bit. Should we do 
like the Genesis tree, like Chanel and Louis Vuitton, and uh, they always actually made the, uh, their logo and letter out of the lamp. So we're trying to execute like a tree, but it, it, it's just not simple enough. And it's a very busy on the car. And it didn't work because you had a G on one side and you had an inverted G on the other <laughs> side. So it was, it was wrong. <laughs> and and uh, every morning we talk about this subject. And in the plane and office, dinner. And one day, I still remember, it was very early in the morning, 6.30 in the morning. We're actually looking at the clay model together. Um, and look, put very thin one tape line on the car. This is very pure and a little bit empty, just one thin line. <laughs> so they put another line underneath of it, and we're actually asking questions together. Isn't this something that Korea culture it is related, like yin and yang, and there's a duality of the culture? And we look at each other, maybe this is it. So that's how it started. It was a bit too simple for a lot of people. So we thought we were on the right path. Because if you don't have resistance, you probably have not gone far enough. But we were facing a lot of resistance. Oh, yeah, big time. Because it was too simple. After this, this orgy of forms, lights that are, were huge, aquariums, which I used to call them, so and that you basically interchange the contents with uh, a lot of chrome stuff. And, and, and then suddenly we had this, those two little lines where there was hardly any space for technology in there and not even, uh, not even less for, for decoration, ornamentation. It was, it was too pure for a lot of people. So somehow we knew that that was, that was it. I think it was a quite interesting, uh, especially it was a huge challenge and against from engineering side of it because uh, Luke mentioned aquarium. When the headlamp lens is tall and big, it's a very easy to have a light source going through the lens without any like a limitation. So you can have a maximum function out of it. But when you have a window getting thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner, same amount of the light has to go through this smaller window. It's a lot more challenging. So engineers, uh, they asked us, why do you have to make a lens so thin? It's so difficult for us. And are you sure this is what you like to do? And we said, absolutely, as thin as much as possible. As a matter of fact, that um, G90, a two-line headlamp, the thickness on each one is... Uh, 32 millimeter. The thinnest lamp in the world is only achieved by MLA technology. We are the first application in that technology. And this comes back to the distinctly Korean. This brilliant idea would have been so brilliant if it would have been done somewhere else in Korea because we would have not had the technology to make the work. So um, it, it's again the context of creating something that was only possible in Korea. And this was quite interesting because uh, it was a lot of people against on it because uh, people so get used to have a front of the car as a face. Big so you got a big eyes and noses, grill, and a lower opening his mouth. We break the rule basically. Uh, 14 lights, two on each side, no bumper, completely clean all the way top to bottom. So it was actually was not quite supportive, but when decision made, 
and how they deliver is unbelievable. Speed and level of execution, it was really a great experience. I think it's, it's such an exciting time from a design point of view because traditionally there's three main areas of auto design. You have people working on the interiors, people working on the exteriors, and people working on colors and materials. And with everything that's happening today with electrification and um, different um, technologies coming in, the importance of lighting, of sound, mm-hmm. of user experience and, and technology um, displays, those are now primary areas of concern for auto designers. It's not just the the bigger shapes and interior you know, materials that we're thinking about. And chrome was a differentiator. Light is a new chrome. So, so there's been this, you know, the, because you have the, those day running lights, which are, have a stronger impact on the, the recognition of a vehicle from a far, from a distance. Before it was a chrome grill that was, that was, or the presence of chrome, which was allowing you to differentiate from one car to the other. So that changed technology, uh, changed the relevance of some elements for the di- differentiation. Yeah. I love that. Lighting is the new chrome. Yeah. Furthermore, the EV transition. How we look at the EV is basically smartphone wheels. We have to think it differently. This is what beauty about this job. You constantly have to challenge yourself and a team to create uh, the value and the story out of it. When car was a uh, interior space was a driving space with four seat, it doesn't work no longer that way. It's the uh, space, the living space, then uh, all furniture, how to design it. It's a digital space. It's a connected space. The notion of the car interior is not like it used to be anymore. So this is actually the part of job we constantly challenge. I must say the role of designer is getting wider and wider and wider. Yeah, it's really exciting. And there's also another factor is that if you look at what's happening with the with the, um, the evolution of the, the technology, with autonomous vehicles becoming closer and closer to us, the, the concept of projecting light on the road to see is actually an old concept. It started with a candle and a reflector, and then it uh, you had different amounts of different evolutions of bulbs. Uh, then you had LED, and now the, the light is going to become a light signature. It's going to be a, um, a, almost like a, a pure differentiator rather than a technology to allow you to see because you have lidars, you have radars, you have uh, uh, lasers that will substitute themselves. They will be become your eyes. So that is changing. This is why we believe that those minimalistic lines, those quad lights, were actually a way to open up uh, the evolution of, of the design identity of Genesis. At the same time, it implies a certain Darwinism where an, ele- an organ that is not needed tends to disappear. And so it, it is all related. Uh-huh. And furthermore, complete autonomous driving. It will take some time, but eventually it will come. We're questioned to ourselves when really become more uh, autonomous driving. Does headlamp has to be that bright? Because it, it sucks up all the electricity. I mean, if it's auto- car is driving for you, then why do you need so much brightness in the headlamp? So that is one question. Maybe in the future, the headlamp doesn't have to be as bright as what we have at the moment. That means we can 
the you know, power two lines even more. So I think this is one of those things. We always actually ask questions bouncing with each other all the time. The New York Auto Show, you're debuting the new GV80 Coupe concept. Can you tell us a little bit about what we're going to see or what we've just seen, depending on when you're listening? This car is a two-meaning uh, in our portfolio lineup. It's, uh, one of, uh, it's actually Genesis is will become the EV brand starting with 2025 in the whole portfolio until 30s. And this is the last um, IC-based car. So IC means internal combustion. Exactly. And on the top of it, but more importantly, Genesis design is, we call this exterior athletic elements. And SUV side of it, though we won't have a big SUV emphasizing more sporty and athletic side. This car really reflect the vision and design and the exterior. When I was writing the, the brief, I tend to say the devil is around the corner because it's kind of a more extroverted um, uh, element of the family, the lineup. And it's also um, um, a teaser for the fact that we are going to increase the adrenaline content in the lineup uh, starting now. We started making sedans, business sedans. Then we brought lifestyle vehicles, SUVs. And then we started looking for icons speedium convertibles so we are gradually increasing the le level of emotion from uh, in, into into the lineup of of, of uh, genesis and that vehicle is there to be let's say an ambassador of what is going to happen in in the more extroverted more um, sporty more athletic uh, we always have the duality the two lines the dr jekyll and mr hyde the, the 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 athletic and elegant side that we have to combine those antagonism that we we like to play with to create tension um and and this is this is the car is is reflecting those those parameters together car has this character which is very athletic a lot of muscle and extrovert character which is actually a little different than uh, the mainstream SUV so it's always great to have a balance of the left and right as a portfolio lineup and this will really shows what our mainstream SUV can be more extrovert more uh, athletic side of it and at the same time it has to be elegant so we don't want to do anything vulgar just because it it has more adrenaline i have what might be a bit of a funny question but when we think about luxury and we think about brand with any car you know what what we what we see what we hear sometimes what we smell what we, certainly what we feel is easy to understand and describe but the sense of taste is uh, usually not included when we think about a car or an automotive brand. If you could eat this GV80, what would it taste like? Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm, I think you got us there. <laughs> <laughs> there was a one restaurant I can reflect in Seoul. Maybe I should take you guys over there. Yes. It, it has a really nice rhythm. It has a punch, like a little bit of sour to give a more freshness. That is the food I would like to communicate. Yeah, I think it has, um, going back to my my African origins, a bit of a pili pili in there. 
which is a bit of a kick. Uh, yes, exactly. It uh, it uh, but it it's not going to burn you straight away, but you going it's going to leave a certain dominance uh, taste in in your mouth. So it's it's all it's not overkilling you with something. It's it's about uh, creating something that wants you to to have more of it. Right. It has a touch of sour or a touch of spice, but it doesn't really hurt you. It really complements. doesn't saturate you. Exactly. It just, it just uh, wets the appetite for more. Yes. I love that. I think it's important for people to understand you're not just thinking about just the car. You're doing it within the context of the whole brand experience and environment. Right. And the way the showrooms look and feel and that whole experience. And Josh and I have had the opportunity to go to your flagship showroom space in suburban Seoul. We've also had the opportunity to go to one of your spaces inside a mall that's quite popular here. And it was really amazing to see both. But in the mall, there were seven other brands there. So to be able to see the differentiation, the way that Genesis presents itself um, so completely differently from all those other brands uh, was really informative for us. I think this is also part of the 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 the, the chance we have, Sangyup and myself, to be to be where we are now. Is that there are extremely good designs everywhere. A good design is the result of having top management believing in the designers. If you see a, a good design, you know that there is a good management, a good designer, and a good management. If you see a bad designer, you might question the designer. But you have to question the management of the company as well, and and this is where we have the luck that what we do is not only cars; it's applied. It's a complete experience around. So we take that experience that is being created by by specialists we work with, and we transfer this as well into into our cars and and vice versa. So it's it's a it's a taking and giving it and it's enriching our life as creators. Uh, at the same time, it, it is, is allowing other divisions to do uh, also great work. It's about whole experience, isn't it? Like Josh mentioned before, with the luxury brand, want to touch all different five senses. Obviously, taste, you cannot lick the car, obviously. So for me, the taste is all different four senses together to make a certain character and experience is not just the car itself. It's the whole experience from the beginning, how we plan, how we deliver, how we communicate, how we execute, the whole journey, the full of the obsession to details. This is why we say a Genesis design is brand and brand is design. We don't separate them. This is so important because uh, how you define Genesis? Genesis is a design brand. And what does that mean by design? It's not typical, beautiful styling design. It's about whole experience from the very beginning to the whole way to the end. This has been a really informative and inspiring conversation. And again, we're just so grateful for your time and for Genesis as our partner for this first season of Design Tangents. We're really appreciative of your work and we're really grateful. Coming to Korea for the first time has been incredibly impactful for us and full of really unbelievable moments. We can't wait for everyone to be talking about the GV80 Coupe concept. 
and we're really grateful for Genesis. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Design Tangents with Cool Hunting. Make sure you hit the follow button wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Design Tangents is proud to be part of the Surround Podcast Network. You can check out many other amazing design and architecture-related podcasts at surroundpodcasts.com. That's podcasts with an S. We're psyched to partner with the studio by Sandow to make our show possible. Huge thank you to our production team, Samantha Sager, Rob Schulte, Hannah Vitti, and Wise Grisette. Our theme music is by the amazing Matthew Deere. And thank you to Genesis for presenting this debut season. Stay tuned for the next episode of Design Tangents and learn more about us at coolhunting.com. 